Harry Butthole Podcast is produced in partnership with Joy Sauce. Harry Butthole. Welcome to Harry Butthole Podcast. This is a podcast based on the popular Korean saying, if you laugh while crying, hair grows out of your butthole. I'm Youngmi Mare. Each week, I discuss a sad topic or a sad story, and then I try to laugh about it, making more hair grow out of my butthole like the Koreans uh, apparently uh, believe in. <laughs> I don't know. Obviously, Korean people don't believe that, but we just we just say that to threaten children. Um, so, you know, I, I love to over explain this, but the actual reason that I like to dis- discuss sad topics on here and then laugh about it is in hopes that if anyone listening has been through something similar, you can find, you know, some healing through laughter. But today, the, the topic I'm discussing is sounds very broad, but you know, like every episode, I'm going to approach it through my very narrow experience of the world, my, my point of view. And the topic is jealousy. And I think this is a really fascinating thing to talk about through the perspective of somebody that is female presenting, because, you know, I feel like most of us associate emotions like jealousy and anger with people that are male or like you know in our societies it's like a masculine trait I don't think it's that people think that it's more present in men I think it's more that we allow it to exist in men whereas in women can't we all have to be the cool girl right and be like yeah that's cool yeah you're like sleeping with other girls I don't give a shit I'm cool I eat pizza you do, you do what I mean? So I'm going to explain to you my uh, relationship with those emotions, specifically jealousy, but even anger. I guess anger, because, you know, I got fucking an hour to talk about this and I'm by myself. And what I think, how, you know, like what happened in my life for me to uh, think a specific way about those two emotions. And, you know, I hope it's relatable. But before I start talking about it, I want to say that somebody last week I was talking about growing up poor and like how that affected me psychologically as an adult. It's really hard to shake, but somebody left a comment being like, because last week I was sort of mildly defending Nepo babies and being like, you know, everyone has trauma. You also have trauma if you grew up rich. And I was kind of joking about it. And somebody was like, oh, like who would feel the need to defend them? Actually, I do. (laughs) So I want to like go and like argue with myself from last week. And I'm just going to touch on this. I have to say, you know, throughout my life, you know, not defending, but I I think this just needs to be said. Throughout my life, I have met a bunch of people who grew up rich, you know, uh, different Every, every level of like a socioeconomic class, right? Like just living, living life, right? And I do, I do sort of feel like, obviously, you know, everyone knows this, but everybody has trauma 
And I think if you grow, if you did grow up rich, there is like a very different set of trauma that you are, you know, uh, subjected to that I have started to feel really compassionate about. Like I feel really bad for people that grew up rich in in a way, right? And I think um, a lot of the the things that I've, the common things that I've seen in the handful of people that I know that grew up very wealthy is this feeling of, this is just very Korea specific, but in Korea, even if you're not wealthy, the, how the society is sort of set up there is that your parents support you until you're basically married. And this is not true for everybody, obviously, in Korea, but it's way more common because it's expected than in America. So, you know, a lot of all my, I would say all my cousins, I can't think of one single cousin that isn't a Korean cousin that isn't financially supported by their parents until they're married. And and then after you're married, what ends up happening is that your parents, you know, save a bunch of money for your college and then you still live with them after college. And then they save a bunch of more money for for when you get married. So then they buy you an apartment and then they set you up in your apartment in hopes that, you know, that's when you will be out of school. You'll be ready to start a family. And that's that's how most Korean people, you know, sort of think is supposed to happen with children. And that's how, you know, most of my cousins live their lives. But because the parents are so responsible for setting up so much of their children's lives, even if they're not wealthy, that really deeply psychologically affects the child. Because let's, I'll give you an example of somebody that's, I don't know, middle class in Korea, right? Most people, you know, their parents pay for their college, the, the their parents pay for their a wedding and then their apartment and all their appliances. And then they're like, all right, time for you to fucking make money now and make it back because this is like my investment. And so a lot of my Korean friends and family have this in intense, unbearable feeling of responsibility to do everything in the way that their parents want them to do and pay them back. Right. And that I feel like affects so many people in Korea. And that is this like this like overbearing sense of responsibility that they have. And the reason why I, you know, I, I started this whole defending Nepo babies thing on that foot is, you know, I'm sure we've all seen Korean dramas, but this is also relatable, I think, to very wealthy people outside of Korea. You know, we see these Korean dramas where they're talking about, you know, the the heir of Samsung and he he's uh he's gonna commit suicide like that's always in Korean dramas and people are like why would he commit suicide he's so rich but the the fact of the matter is that almost like the more money your family has the more you're like indebted and responsible and now they're controlling all, all parts of your life and uh per, like it, like not directly but I've known people who have known people that are that wealthy in Korea, like, you know, the Tebor family, like the most wealthy five families in Korea. And they are just riddled with fucking anxiety because it's like, 
they're not only you know do they have the sense of like having to pay their parents back for and they're like multi-millionaires you know and their parents are buying them like a fucking townhouse in manhattan and blah 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 but because their parents gave them so much their parents feel feel like they have complete control over their lives you know they're they're like you can't wear this you can't go to this restaurant you can't date this it's like pretty intense and and so you know when i have heard about people i actually feel like i directly know people that are that well almost that wealthy or like you know around that level of wealth in korea and i'm just like dude your fucking life sucks like i honestly if i if i was born into that kind of wealth in korea i would be like fuck this i'm gonna live with 18 roommates and surf like i would react so violently against that i would cut all ties and just be poor like i feel like that would be better than having my Korean mom that weighs 90 pounds, you know, check in on me every day and make sure that I'm not eating carbs or whatever. Do you know what I mean? And so like in the, like, I feel very compassionate for Korean people that are wealthy. Obviously that is a huge generalization. I'm sure that there are very wealthy Korean people that are totally chill and their parents are cool and they let them do whatever they want, you know, join a band or whatever. But um, that's just what I've seen in my family. I mean, obviously, my family's not that wealthy, but the the dynamic in my family and the handful of very wealthy people that I know that are Korean. Um, also, it, that lifestyle goes on for until death because I've known people from very wealthy family, Korean families. And they're like the grandchildren of the wealthy people and their parents live in that way. I know so many people who come from these rich Korean families because, you know, like I I think there's a lot of people that's like boomer, slightly older than boomer age, you know, whatever the equivalent of that is in Korea that made a bunch of money because it was like wartime after wartime money like they created like the the fit the shrimp industry or something like in korea right after the war there was a pocket and they needed they filled it and their family is really wealthy and then their parents who are now like in their 60s are still living off this like allowance it's it never ends in korea and so i feel very very um uh empathy i can't even say it for rich people i feel empathy for rich people but i i definitely do i've seen i've seen it over and over and i also um i remember i had like an acquaintance who was a therapist for like a, a fancy school in america like a college and they were telling me how so much of their clients i don't know if you can call them clients but so much of the students that seek them out were East Asian students who are really wealthy, who are just crumbling under the relentless pressure of uh, of this parental uh, control and control and responsibility, I guess. So I do have compassion for Asian rich people. But, you know, that having been said, 
like I said, that I think level of wealth means that your parents control you. You know, we've, I, I feel like this is the second time I've brought up Arrested Development on this podcast, but you know, like that's a really funny show. But I think that the reason why that show worked, it, you know, with this fake family that were, that all still hung out with each other, even though all the kids were adults, is because they're a wealthy family in that show, right? And I think that does happen to really wealthy families outside of Korea, like throughout the world. You know, if you're if you're an adult and your parents are multimillionaires, no matter who where you live, you're you need to call them like all the time. You don't have the the privilege that us poor people have where we don't have to pick up the phone, right? If you're depending on your parents. Um, and I think that sort of that, you know, is its own entire class of trauma that I, I, I have can't even begin to understand, you know, and you see it affecting people in so many ways. I, I've seen people that are wealthy that are like, have a, what's that called? Where you can't do stuff. <laughs> like anxiety about like choices what's it, like choice paralysis right like they don't know oh should I go to college should I go get a master's I don't know my mom is paying for it and can I start a career as this and pay back all this money to my parents because you know they're pressuring them for that so um I just wanted to say just briefly touch on Everyone in the world is fucked up, you know? We all have our we're all battling our demons and who knows what what you're going through. And another thing that I always think about is that, you know, statistically when you think about really intense things that children go through, intense forms of abuse, statistically it's pretty it's pretty um the same across all socioeconomic backgrounds, right? Like if you think of the really, the really hard traumas like abuse, physical abuse, sexual abuse, that happens throughout all, all levels of wealth. So I'm not saying at all, if you grew up rich, that you can't have trauma. I, I definitely don't believe that. And I'm just going to say that now in case anyone thought I was saying that last week, which I think I don't, I don't think anyone picked up on that, but it's so interesting. I mean, I, I can't really speak that much on it because I personally didn't grow up, but I would, I would be really fascinated to hear some like rich people. I, I love those like documentaries where it's like, I can't think of which documentary I saw, but I feel like I, oh, I saw this really interesting documentary where it was like five separate, really wealthy people that grew up really rich and they were talking about their lives and it was just like horrible sounding. Anyway, moving on to the topic of the week, jealousy and anger through my personal perspective. So my relationship to jealousy is based very heavily on my relationship to my mom and, and competition with my mom. And, you know, that's obvious because I think most of us learn how to behave from our same same gender parent usually right and i picked up how i was supposed to move throughout this world from her and 
the way that I want to explain that, which I've talked about all the time, I talk about this all the time because I feel like this is something that's extremely taboo and people never want to talk about this because it feels yucky. Um, my mom, when I was a kid, was extremely competitive with me and she, you know, she had all these emotion, negative emotions when I would succeed. So what ended up happening was if I ever did anything good, she would punish me. It would, and it would look like, it would look like this. Like I would, I'm going to make up a fake scenario, but like, let's say I won some award for, I had the best fucking uh, painting and art class in the third grade. So we would go to school and we would be looking at this fucking painting and the teacher would be like, young me got the number one blue ribbon or whatever. Right. And then she would say something like, wow, this is so great. You're really so talented. It's too bad that you're fat. Like she would say something like that, like in that moment where I was receiving this um, praise and it took me years. She would always do it. Like it would always be like, in my moment of glory, whatever it was, no, no matter how minimal or big, in that moment I was receiving praise for doing a good job, she would always inject like a, I mean, like, oh, you did really good. You you, you did really good on your test. That's so interesting because you're so stupid or something like that. It would always be like that. And I think she would make it sound like a joke. Like it was um like humorous and i think if you asked her why she did that she would probably say something like i just don't want my child to become um arrogant or i don't want this to go to her head or i don't want her to be full of pride i always want her to be humble like she would probably say something like that and i do believe part of it was for that reason but you know as an adult thinking back about those moments I'm very well aware now that I think at least at least partially and probably very subconsciously to the point where she cannot ever admit to this, she did it because she felt jealous, right? And that was, it's like all these childhood issues that most people have where it w- was constantly happening. So, of course, I developed this reaction to it in my mind, which was now as an adult, if something good happens to me, I immediately go like, oh, but this is not very good. It's not good enough. I, it's like somehow I, I like some somebody said this was good, but I, it's not like I have this like reaction where I I do that to myself and it's almost like self-deprecating because I don't want somebody to do that to me. So I've obviously I've talked about this topic a lot. I've probably briefly touched on it here and there for the last three years that I've been doing podcasts. But it's literally the one of the hardest things that I have to uh, break through. And I because I understood my past with this, I now call it my fear of success, right? I have a huge fear of success because 
this feeling of being threatened or hurt whenever I do something well is so deeply ingrained in me. It's not just like, oh, I, I don't know, like, let's say I did, you know, I made a viral TikTok and I'm like, oh, it's not that funny. I've seen funnier or something. It's not on that level. It's like, if anything good happens to me, deeply in my subconscious, I feel scared. Like, I feel like I'm, someone's going to slap me or like, it's like this deep unsettling feeling, right? And, and that's something that I really have been, have to work on so hard to get rid of. And sometimes it's like, it, it triggers like a depressive episode where if I'll do something good and I'll receive a lot of positive feedback and then for days after I'll just be like catatonic at home, just crippled with fear. <laughs> like, like it feels like, oh, he, here comes the big slap or something like that, right? And so it's something I've been working on. And if you're wondering, what does that have to do with how jealousy shows up with me? This this is the part where I'm going to get to it then, I guess. Um, so, you know, as a kid, because my mom had such big feelings of jealousy and competition, my immediate reaction whenever I felt anything like jealousy brewing from her was just like, oh, never mind. You can have it. I don't want it. You can have it. I'm not jealous. I, you can have this and I, I'm not going to even f- um, like fight you on it. Because obviously as a kid, my mom's love and acceptance acceptance was way more important to me than whatever the fuck that thing was, right? And I know I, I just said that very vaguely, but I want to give you like another fake example. And this is where it gets a little creepy. So just, just get ready to be creeped out a little. I think my mom's jealousy came into so many aspects of my life, like every aspect of my life, including sexual validation, or I I don't know if that's how I should say it, like validation about our appearance. Actually, this is where it showed up probably the most and the, the most scarring it was for me, you know, as a kid and a teenager was my mom was like competitive with me in a physical way, meaning who was more attractive to the opposite sex, right? And this is where that reaction, like, oh, never mind, you can have it, came up a lot for me because, and it came up so much because I was so scared of feeling any sort of jealousy from her. <clears throat> okay, so here's the specific example that I promised you. I'm sorry, it's so creepy sounding. That's why it's taking me a long time to say it. But let's say, like as a 10-year-old, I think when, you know, when you're a young kid, all of us, you have a crush, right? And it's usually another kid around your age that's sort of famous. So like if I, when I was 10, let's say I did, I did not, it's like so embarrassing for me to say this, but I didn't have a crush on like, JTT, but let's say I had a crush on JTT. Let's say I had a crush on, I don't know, somebody around that age that was famous when I was a young kid, a young Leonardo DiCaprio, or like, 
whatever, right? I literally would not say that in front of my mom because she would say something like, you're too ugly. Why would you even have, why would you think that this kind of person would date you? Which is bonkers that she would say that to me because obviously when I was 11, 23-year-old Leonardo DiCaprio was not going to date me because I was 11. Do you know, like, and also I lived on Saipan. Like, there's no way that I'm ever going to meet that man. Like, why, like, just let me have this. I'm fucking 11, right? But my mom would say things like that. Like, you're so ugly. I can't even, you can't, you shouldn't even, you shouldn't even think about this. And, um, that was so harmful to me. And I, and again, it's probably, you know, I think people will listen to this and say like, oh, she was probably she coming out of place. She was coming from a place that was like trying to help you. Maybe she thought that, I, I don't know. But the, the emotion that I picked up from her in that moment was jealousy with association with the opposite sex and kind of like at least partially I think with her was just like oh you think like I'm I'm pretty you're not like that kind of thing do you know what I mean and I think as I got older as a teenager it really became way more apparent you know like if we were walking together and this is you know this this is a very complicated multi-layered situation and it it just it literally still happens to this day and it a lot of it is the fault of our society that's shitty that like you know men find female children more attractive than adult women creepy but you know when I was a teenager we would be walking together and men would like cat call me or they would start noticing me and not her and she would be like Oh, you th- oh you think they were like ca- they were like talking to you? They weren't talking to you, okay? Like things like that, right? Where I was then, my mom's reaction was showing me that it wasn't about protecting me or humbling me. It was about her feelings of jealousy and her insecurity about losing her looks to age. And feeling competitive with me in that way, right? And how I would react in those situations, I would just be like, oh, like, I, he's so ugly, mom. I, I would, that guy is so ugly. He, you, you can have him. Like that sort of, uh, I wouldn't say that, but that was my emotion. You know, like, oh, like, oh, gross, mom, that's, that guy is, he was obviously looking at you or whatever. Like, I would just be like, no, no, you have it. You have it. And those um, behaviors lasted throughout my adulthood. And so that shows up in every sort of scenario where I'm competing with somebody. And it's really fascinating to me because, because it took me years to realize that in those moments, because I'm reacting out of fear, I will immediately be like, if there's any sort of competition or jealousy or whatever between people that I'm friends with or close with, I'll be like, oh, no, no, you, you can have it. I don't want it, right? 
if like let's say me and my friend were attracted to the same person i'd be like oh i'm not interested you 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 should you should ask them out not me like that um but it took me years and years to realize that in those moments i also was feeling jealousy and anger but i was suppressing and pushing that down so hard out of fear of being placed in a competitive situation with anybody else because of all the stuff that happened throughout childhood. So this is my the long-winded way that I got to telling you on this episode that my relationship to jealousy is that I was made to feel like I was not allowed to feel it. I was not allowed to have it. It was humiliating and it was something for a long time I thought didn't exist in me I was like I'm not a jealous person I just don't feel that way because in those moments I would be like well look at look at how I acted when me and my friend were attracted to the same person I was totally cool with that and I you know I let her like talk to them but it took me years to realize that in those moments I did feel jealous I was upset and then I felt upset that I didn't stand up for myself for myself when there was absolutely no reason for me to have to give up something that the other person didn't right and I think this is a pretty Korean thing I'm just gonna add that right there and I think it's a pretty like common thing that you see again in Korean dramas and soap operas like you see this um, I swear to God, that's like such a big theme in Korea. I think this is like a Korean thing. You hide your desire because you're, you find it humiliating and you let the other person win. But then, you know, like the secret plot line is that the heir of Samsung wanted you the whole time anyway. And you, you just felt bad because your best friend wanted him or whatever. Anyway, that's how jealousy shows up, um, in me as an adult. And I have to fight really hard, uh, in those moments to, advocate for what I want and how I feel and be like no I'm also interested in this person and fuck you if you like them too let's see who they dm <laughs> it's on um but I have to advocate for myself in those instances and I have to be in touch with this is so humiliating but I have to be in touch with the part of me that's jealous and I have to admit that because if I don't, it's so unfair to myself. I'm, you know, I'm a human being that feels jealousy. All of us do. It's natural. There's nothing embarrassing about it. You know, obviously, I'm not going to go slash someone's tires or spread a rumor about them or anything. You know, it's okay for us, whoever you are, to feel these negative emotions that might be embarrassing like jealousy, but, you know, once you feel them, you just sort of then, on you know, understand yourself and process it in a healthy way. And that's totally fine. So right now, I think that my place in my journey, God damn it, I hate it. This, I always sound so fucking corny on here. But like, my place in my, uh, the place that I am in with my journey with jealousy is I am allowing myself to feel it it still feels really embarrassing to admit it's so fucking embarrassing 
but I allow it. And then I, I, I look at it and I try to understand myself and where it comes from. And then I look at the feelings of shame and humiliation that come from it. And then I wonder where that's from. Like, why am I embarrassed to say, oh, I feel jealous, you know, that the hot barista that always hits on me is now hitting on the person that was behind me in line. That, you know, I share that with everyone. Is it petty and sort of a cuckoo? Yes, a little bit, but that's who I am. So what, right? Um, And then just very briefly, I'm going to touch on anger because I know I said that in the beginning. Anger. um, Oh, and then also, you know, just trying to tie it to relating with everyone. I didn't cry or laugh during this. Should I make myself cry? I can't. I can. I went to acting school. Just kidding. Um, So anger. I'm just going to touch on this very briefly. Anger is like one of those things like jealousy that I think if you are... um, you know, like socialized female or like, you know, like female presenting or, you know, like as a child, you're not allowed to fucking have it, right? I guess I should explain why my story about jealousy and my mom, the competition, I think it's very uncomfortable for me to discuss that, but I think it's extremely common. And I know I said it was like a Korean-y thing. It's totally not. I've seen people this is a really common thing among every woman, you know, like, uh, it's a lot of internalized misogyny, a lot of our mothers, you know, obviously, they're older than us. But uh, it, it, from their era, they were taught to think that, you know, it's like the scarcity mindset, we need to fight each other for this one spot in the, in the peripheral view of men. And it's like, no, you got to lose so I can win. Like, that's a very common thing, you know, I think among all women in the world. Um but like jealousy, anger, we're not allowed to show it, right? We're like, we're, we have to like act cool. And, you know, the, it goes like to the extremes. Like, I know we've all watched TLC's Sister Wives, but like they, even all those like wives have to be like, no, I'm totally fucking chill that Cody is laying down the pipe with Janelle tonight. Do you know what I mean? Like, and it's like women are like made to like suppress it or not show it where men are, men can totally like uh, shoot the, the guy because he catches him in his wife's bed or whatever there, they can show it. And just like jealousy, anger is like not really allowed in us and especially like uh, angry jealousy. But I think it's um, really the, the only thing I have to say about that, because I know people talk about that a lot and how women aren't allowed to be angry. The only thing that I, I find so interesting about people who have this like sexist idea that I think a lot of like sexist people or like uh, misogynists will be like women just don't feel as much anger or jealousy. I think it's so funny when people say that because. Oh, obviously we do. You know, like, are we watching the same internet viral clips? Because there's so many, you know, of women expressing just as much jealousy and anger at the club, you know, (laughs) and it just makes me laugh that people can say something like that, you know, like women, like the people, not to bring back the fucking Cody from sister wives again but he would say something like that right he'd be like plural marriage is great because women don't feel as much jealousy meanwhile you know uh what's her name 
I, Maribeth or whatever. <laughs> Maria, the the first wife, she's just gritting her teeth through all through all the wife interactions. Um. Anyway, I just think that it's so funny that people would say that we don't express as much of it. And it has something to do with the fact that, you know, like my story, like I just wasn't allowed to express it. I was just wasn't allowed to express it to the point where it took me fucking until my 30s to realize that I felt jealousy, you know, but I do. I do. And I'm going to. I'm going to act on it more. I'm just kidding. Um, sorry, that got kind of, I guess like the, the only thing I really wanted to say about jealousy and anger or anger is that everybody feels it. We're all human. Of course, you're jealous. Like you, like look at any animal, you know, like I have two cats. I'm petting one cat. The other cat's jealous. Like, of course I feel jealousy. The fucking cats feel jealousy. And why didn't I think I felt that? Um, I, I guess that's my last message. We all have anger and jealousy. Some of it's irrational. Some of it's justified. Um, you know, and if it is justified, I think it's okay to express it. You know, if your partner cheats, yeah, yeah, you should be mad. You know, yeah, you should feel jealous. Who wouldn't? And why, why wouldn't you? But, um, you know, if it's justified, I think it's great to express it and communicate it. If it's irrational, yeah, that's fine too. Emotions are not uh, rational. If you're feeling fucking jealous about, it's, it's, I don't know, your your Hollywood crush getting married, why not? Just feel bad about that for 15 minutes. Let yourself feel emotions. Don't buy a plane ticket to Hollywood and show up at their mansion but you can just sit in your desk and be like damn it i'm fucking bummed <laughs> channing tatum's getting married i don't know who people have a crush on you did oh my god olivia olivia wilde it's is dating someone god damn it you know you, you can feel bad about that tell tell the group chat you know um yeah so just don't feel ashamed about it process it in a you know appropriate way <laughs> and uh it's fine it's fine that we feel that am i talking to myself right now yes i'm 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 convincing myself and and oh, i just want to say one last thing this is this is probably i truly believe this but i'm not telling anyone to do anything if your jealousy or anger is justified like if someone's cheating on you you know do the crazy thing <laughs> because this is your chance you know this is your chance D i'm not saying do anything illegal but i'm just saying you pop off a little right now and people are gonna be like she deserved that <laughs> um anyway i'm gonna leave you with that Hopefully that was a helpful episode to listen to. Um, oh, you can suggest a topic of discussion on the Patreon if you want. I have a Patreon at patreon.com slash Um, I go through any suggestions that I see there first. And if you don't want to subscribe because it, you know, Patreon is you have to pay. You can 
just leave a comment on the Instagram. And I do check them right before I record every day. So not every day, every week. So if you have a suggestion, feel free to drop it in the fucking comments. The Instagram is Harry Butthole Podcast. My Instagram is YMMayor. Um, my TikTok is Young Me Mayor. And that's it. Thank you very much for listening. I'll see you next Friday. Bye.